How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Entercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi... And every river, lake, and field in between. Let's talk everything outdoors. <laughs> You're on the crazy train. <laughs> Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on Sports Radio 1057 FM, The Fan. another wonderful weekend here in Wisconsin and Dan Bush and me Tom Neubauer with Sam Schmitz on the boards are here to bring you the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors just like we do every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. if you want to join the show just give us a buzz at 414-799-1250 that's 799-1250 now we don't have the computer in front of us but you can also email us I'll get to it during the week uh, you can email us live at ceoguys at yahoo.com. Well, maybe not live, not this week. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, Sam. Morning. Good morning, Tom. Well, I got to eat a little crow, Danny. Okay, eat your crow. That last week, I, I was kind of pissing and moaning about why the DNR didn't buy Wally and Bees instead of building that, that launch in that crappy spot on Freeze Lake. Well... We got a letter from, uh, we got an email from Mark, and Mark says, The public boat launch has been there for quite a few years. I believe before Wally and Bees was even for sale. <laughs> so it's like, okay. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Uh, so, yeah, I kind of screwed um, that one up. While, yeah. you're, while you're at it, are you going to read any more, of, any more of last year's regulations? <laughs> no. Oh, as a matter of fact, over at Sherpers yesterday, I was look. They have all the old fishing res- regulations and all the old hunting regulations, and I said, you know, you gotta, you gotta get rid of these. You put them in a box, get rid of them. 
I said, and call the DNR and tell them you want the new ones. I mean, or doesn't the DNR have any new ones? I don't know. But anyway, uh, here's another one. Uh, gee, I know that was so kind. What a brain-dead guy was. Anyway, this one is from James. He says, Dan and Tom, the Johnson Minnow, and I think he meant the Johnson Silver Minnow, was made by a retired foundry worker, Lewis Johnson, who started his creation after work one day, took a kitchen spoon, cut the handle off, and then ha hammered it into the shape that it's in and added a hook. This was 1920 Chicago. It went into full production in 1923 in silver and gold plating. Now there's sizes from 1 16th to 3 and 3 quarter inches weedless and 13 assorted colors now. And then he says, uh, thanks and good luck. But anyway, so that's where the Johnson Silver Minnow came from, guy from Chicago. Yeah, good old Lewis. Who could forget old Lewis? Yeah, Lewis Johnson. So that, that was that. I wonder anyway. how, it doesn't explain, though, how yeah. Lewis figured out how to put that little uh, arm on, on it to protect the hook so it became weedless. Yeah, it doesn't say anything about that. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he played with that, you know, to get... Because, yeah, that little arm is flexible. I mean, it's right. rigid, but it's not so rigid as to, you know... It, I mean, it'll move if a fish bites down on it. But yet it won't move if a weed goes by it or a log or something or a stump, you know. So, yeah, I don't... He must have played with that a while. And then, you know, it's kind of like the same story I heard about James Hedden from, uh, what was it, Dowagiac, Michigan? Dowagiac, Michigan? James Hedden was in Canada fishing, and this is in the late 1800s, I believe, and they were having lunch in the boat, and he dropped his, he was cleaning his spoon in the water, and he dropped it, and it started fluttering down, and supposedly, legend has it, that a fish came up and grabbed it. So he says, hmm, maybe I should cut the handle off and put a hook on there. <laughs> you know, so, and then Head and Spoons came about. So, you know, you talk about making a bait out of a spoon. It, when I was a kid years ago, my brother actually did take the handle off of a spoon and somehow he drilled a couple of holes and put a treble hook on one and actually did make a spoon himself. Yeah, I believe it. Well, you know, in the bass fishing world, you really don't hear about spoons much. You know, spinnerbaits, crankbaits, plastic worms, topwaters, you know, stuff like that. But actually, there is a spoon, uh, it's called a flutter spoon, that uh, a lot of bass, pro bass anglers down south will use. As a matter of fact, there was just a big tournament one. I can't remember the guy's name, it was uh, last week. And the guy used uh, a crankbait, a plastic worm, and this flutter spoon to catch all of his fish. So, you know, we don't hear them a lot in bass fishing, but there are still some being used in bass fishing. Well, I guess whatever works, works. You just got to yeah. be willing and try different things. I think sometimes as, as fishermen, we get caught up in our, in our ways and we just do certain baits and certain things and we don't think outside the box enough. No, that's right. That's exactly right. But, you know, like we said last week, but guys will still buy all the new stuff. All the new stuff, all the new colors, but they rarely ever use them, you know, or you they might know, use them. Huh? You want to know what will get you thinking outside the box? What's that? 
do a musky tournament sometime. After about seven hours of casting and seeing nothing, <laughs> you'll be you'll be tying a treble hook to your big toe and dragging it in the water because you get so goddamn desperate. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's right. And if you're actually catching them, that's fantastic. But let's face it, most of the time you're just casting and retrieving. So yeah, and you are trying a lot of different ones during a musky tournament, definitely. Hey, you know we got some sad news too. Uh, the sad news is. Evinrude is calling it quits. Um, there was an abrupt closing by Evinrude Outboard Motors in late May. Put 387 people out of work in uh, down in Racine, Wisconsin. And uh, so, yeah, they called it quits. And uh, Evinrude's total workforce was about, about 650. But, yeah, they, I, it is surprising that it happened. Now, let me just give you a little background first about Oli. Uh, founded Oli Evanrude. Yep. Founded by Oli Evanrude in Milwaukee. I think he was, and, hmm? he was good friends with Lewis Johnson. <laughs> Could have been. Who knows? Uh, in 1907, Evanrude with his wife, Bess, made the company one of the you know first commercially successful mass-produced outboard engines uh, in this country. And he said the uh, he sold the business in 1914, and uh, they became part of the uh, Outboard Marine Corporation, OMC, and then uh, in 1935 declared bankruptcy, and in 2000 uh, were picked up by BRP, I don't even know what that stands for, it, I think it was some uh, French company or something, anyway, but uh, it, that's very surprising, Dan, that uh, here's this company that's been around forever went up and closed. And now I got to wonder if there wasn't something else going on because all these other companies, because of the virus, haven't been closing up, you know, big companies. Why did Evanrube do it, you know? Was it, I mean, I guess it must must have been it wasn't profitable, I guess. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, but, Tom, when a business closes, call it a hunch. But it's normally a pretty good guess that they were losing money. Well, either losing money or not making as much as they wanted. And you know, Evinrude was the one outboard that didn't go to four strokes. Their E-Tech engine was still a two-stroke, but a super powerful two-stroke and uh, a low fuel consumption two-stroke. It was an excellent engine uh, and, and, and self-winterizing. Uh, I mean, they, they really had it going. That's why I don't understand. I think their sales were actually doing well. That's why I don't understand why they'd all of a sudden just up and close, you know? I, I, I don't know. Well, especially with the fact that, from what I understand right now, boat sales are going great. Yeah, exactly. And they own several. As a matter of fact, did you know Evanrude owns a Lumacraft? No, I did not. Yeah. And, of course, with a Lumacraft, they get, you get special deals when there's an Evanrude on it. But, you know, you can get other outboards on it. Uh, but you get a special deal if there's a Evinrude on it. But, yeah, they own, they own a number of boat companies, which now, I guess, they made a deal with Mercury to have Mercury engines supplied on those boats, you know, for a special deal. I think, I think that Mercury is going to support... Somebody told me this. I could be wrong. That Mercury is going to uh, providing uh, service support for the Evinrudes. Yes, yes. They're... Uh, there's service contracts, like if you bought one 
and uh, this year or last year and you got a let's say a five or six year warranty it'll still be honored yes you're not going to lose out on your warranty yeah and they'll you know, still I, have parts for like i forget what they said 10 15 years or something like that i actually had a guy fishing with me about 15 years ago and i think he was about oh late 70s mid to late 70s and i took him out a couple muskies out here on pewaukee but he had retired from working at Evan Rood. Yeah. And him and John Lehman had a lot of good talks upstairs in Monkey Island about, you know, different people in the business and the industry. And he knew the head honchos at, uh, at Evan Rood. In fact, he had started as a kid in college just working part-time. And he had actually worked his way all the way up to top management when he retired from there. It, it was really interesting to talk to the guy. Wow, wow. Yeah, I was just surprised to see Evan Rood going by the wayside, you know. that uh, I don't know, that's kind of a sad day for that to happen. Uh, got another one if you want. Sure. How would you like to be sitting in your house, cooking breakfast, and all of a sudden have a 150-pound black bear knock down your screen door and come and visit you? <laughs> it happened in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And, uh, and of course, the... the the DNR of that area had to be called. They had to come over and uh, shoot it. Uh, it didn't want to leave the house. You know where they found the bear when they broke the woman who was cooking breakfast. She ran out the back door when the uh, bear came in the front door. And uh, when the DNR officials came in, uh, the bear was sitting on the couch. <laughs> he was just like relaxing, sitting on the couch. Probably, anyway. probably <laughs> trying to figure out how to use the remote. Yeah, probably. <laughs> But you know uh, what she how, all she huh? Tom all she had to do yeah. is take that that frying pan full of bacon and just walk outside and put it on the porch and the bear would gladly probably follow her out there right and I'm guessing that that's why it came in if if she's well, cooking and the sense that a bear's sense of smell is nothing short of incredible even better than a deer. I, I I believe it's right up there with the best of bloodhounds, maybe better. Yeah. Well, they did say in the article that uh, they had uh, cat food outside for their cat, and they had some other kind of food outside outside this door for, I don't know if it was a dog or a cat or whatever. But anyway, they had something out there, so they think that that's what attracted it first. Then when it got close, it smelled the bacon, of course, and it's like, you know, party's on. Let's go get some. Oh, yeah. Um, that that your bear story segues into this perfectly. Um, I had mentioned maybe a month or so ago that uh, you you they weren't taking applications for for the uh, 2021 bear hunting season as of yet because they were uh, redrawing uh, the zones. Well, apparently uh, they've finished drawing the zones, the new boundaries for the 2021 season. So not this fall, but the the one after that. And so the application period for the 2021 bear hunting season will open July 1st, uh, and then it'll be uh, the deadline will once again be December 10th. 2020. Uh, bear hunters, before you put in your application, especially especially if you're going to try and go for a kill tag, make sure you study the new map with the new zones because you don't want to put in for the wrong zone. For example, where I hunt up in Douglas County, I'm looking at the map now, looks like that's going to be zone A for that field and some of the others. So bear hunters, 
don't forget and you're better off to pay the three dollars or two dollars or whatever now to get your preference points because i guarantee when december 9th comes and you think to yourself oh i got to make sure i do that tomorrow december 11th will dawn and you will be like crap i forgot to put in yep it's words of wisdom that's for sure i know this well, from experience tom <laughs> every other year i forget <laughs> oh well well, anyway, we got to go to a break right now, though. And a uh, beautiful day out on Pewaukee Lake. There's a light breeze going, and it uh, uh, looks like people are starting to get ready to start going out fishing and doing whatever else they're going to be doing it's on the water. It's variable today. on the Edens. We have yeah, one rollover yeah. on the expressway. Yeah. So, anyway, we're going to be right back, folks. We're brought to you by Baitmate Fish Attractants. We are the cutting ed- uh, Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors on 105- 1057 FM, The Fan. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Cutting Edge Outdoors. Coming to you from the Baitmate Fish Attraction Tracton Studios, which is basically my living room. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us today. Once again, we always try and thank those that are out protecting us, uh, law enforcement, healthcare workers, first responders, service people. Uh, we thank all of them for uh, what they do, and uh, we thank all our listeners as well. Hey, you just reminded me of something, Danny, and maybe, maybe one of our listeners can help us out here. Uh, today, down at a park in Kenosha, and this is where we need the help, the park, and I think it's at 11 o'clock, there's a big rally called uh, Backing the Blue, and uh, David Clark is, remember former Sheriff David Clark, yep. he's going to be uh, speaking at it, Vicki McKenna will be there, but there's going to be a lot of uh, state representatives in that, uh, I, I don't know all who else is going to be there, but there's going to be a bunch of, cele- uh, not celebrities, but politicians and whatever. But David Clark, just to hear him speak, it will be good. Um, so that's at a park down in Kenosha, and I'm pretty sure it's at 11 o'clock today, called uh, Backing the Blue. And maybe somebody knows what the name of that park is, and they can give us a call at 799-1250. That's 414-799-1250. So. I, I, also, I also heard, Tom, this is uh, Beer Talk, Bar Talk from yesterday, um, I was at Carly's out in Pewaukee here. My buddy Jake owns that. Uh, somebody was saying that the they wanted to do that in Brookfield, but the Brookfield Police Department said no, they didn't want. Which, yeah, maybe they didn't know. want the big protests are going on. Yeah, or I think whatever. that I, I think that was it. I think they yeah, just would rather leave that. leave sleeping dogs lie and just yeah. Which I I, I guess I can kind of understand that mentality on it. Yeah, I can. Yeah. I got another one here, Danny, for you. This, okay. uh, this this shows when 10 guys from Wisconsin up by the Medford area get stupid. They figured, let's go to a lake and just rape it. A little, little lake. I forget if it was like 50 acres, 80 acres, something like that. Pretty small lake, right? And, uh, oh, yeah, well, let's take this caller first so we can find out. We got Jim in Greenfield. All right. Good morning, Jim. Uh, good morning. Say, I have that information on that park you're looking for. Yeah, what's uh, what's the name of that park? It's called Civic, C-I-V-I-C, Civic Park. It's located in Kenosha, Wisconsin. The address is 957th Street, 57. 
That's in Kenosha, Wisconsin, 53140. And you were correct, it's at 11 a.m. All right, well, thank you very much for that. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, you have a good day. All right, so back to these 10 yahoos. They figured they're going to rape this lake, Danny, right? So, yep. So they go out and they're going to catch as many largemouth as they can. They caught, they kept 90 of them. Just a few over the limit, right? So two anglers, though, kept 33 of them. I guess they were doing pretty good, so they kept 33. And, of course, the DNR caught them. They're going to be paying some fines, restitution per fish, and all that other stuff. So uh, just a couple, of, just a bunch of yahoos going out to, to rape a lake. You know, little lakes like that cannot sustain heavy pressure. And that's where, okay, you, you take a, a big body of water. Yeah, you can take some largemouth out of it to eat, no problem. Um, maybe even a limit sometimes, you know, out of a large body of water. Let's say three, four, five thousand acres. But when you get to these little lakes that are 50, 70, 80 acres, keeping a limit out of that lake is, is not good, especially if it's done a lot by a lot of people, you know. I mean, 90, 90 fish out of this lake, that, that was important, you know. It's a big hit, you know. There's, there's not... You know, all that, you know, those fish are, it's not uh, an infinite number of fish in those lakes. So, you know, it's kind of like going to Winnebago and keeping five walleyes. Well, that's not going to hurt anything, you know, because there's millions out there. So, but now you can't keep five. You can only keep three. So. You did know that, right, Danny? Only three What's walleyes that? now? You can what? You can only keep three walleyes now out of Lake Winnebago. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess that uh, that went into effect uh, this spring, didn't it? Yeah, they went into that. Hey, listen, Danny, it's 6.24 right now. It's This would be a good time to take that, that break before the gut report because we're going to have a special guest on right after the gut report. we got Lynn Denbeck coming on who's going to tell us about optics, and you were talking about them last week, about how, how some of these more expensive sunglasses the polarizer ones are really worth it. So she's going to give us some insight because she actually works at a place that deals with that, right? Yep, that's correct. Yeah. So we're going to give, we'll be calling her about 6.35. Right. Okay, so we'll take a break now. We'll do the gut report, and then we'll call Lynn. Hey, sounds like a plan if, here on the Skipper Buzz. It's at 6.35, Tom. Yeah. What? It, it's it's 6.24 now. Yeah, I know, but it's going to take three or four minutes for the commercial three or four minutes for the gut report, and then by the time it's, it, when it's all done, it'll be 6.35. Okay, you got this all See, figured out. Yeah, I got this planned in my head. You're like a genius. A, like a, yeah, like a, like a calculator up here, you know. Sometimes it, it runs out of battery, so. Long as long as you're not reading last year's regs. <laughs> right. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more of the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Listening this morning. Hopefully you're getting out to do a little bit of fishing. Uh, you were talking about discount liquor. 60 years in business. Is that correct, Tom? Yeah, they're celebrating a birthday. 60 years by the same family 
locally owned right here you know i mean it's like wow that, that's a long time to be in business you know you know normally and, and I, yeah i think it's great to support those family-owned businesses yeah and and to think you know normally some of these businesses that have been around for 60 years they've been sold several times you know to other people this one hasn't it's been stuck in stayed in their family you know that reminds me same thing with sherpers they've been around since 1935 and they 80 80 some years you know and it's like it's the same family that owns them <laughs> same family so yeah it's, it's good to see that let me ask you tom are you still involved in charge of the fishing department at sherpers yes i am yeah okay so you're the one who should have actually requested the new regulation books. Well, I I did. I you I did. did. I, I asked the manager to take care of that. So. Well, that's why you're working for the manager running the fishing department. You're the guy who should request them. I, I like to delegate authority. I, delegate I, it to the boss, you mean? Yeah, that's right. Sometimes you got to put the bosses in their place. Hey, uh, speaking of <laughs> speaking of family-owned businesses, uh, my good friends over here at Park Avenue Pizza, I talked about them. Yeah. They had that nice surprise uh, uh, retirement party for me. Uh, I always talk about the best-kept secret. If you want to get some great roasted chicken, they do it handmade. That's why they don't push it or sell it by the bucket. But uh, get on over there. Uh, but it's kind of interesting, Tom, and maybe some of our Pewaukee residents can kind of be aware there's been some, uh, uh, I want to say, uh, young folks, maybe teenagers lately, that have been uh, trying to break into the place, actually. Uh, somebody in, in the oh, maybe two weeks ago, I think it was, woke up or, or whatever and looked out the window, and somebody was on the back garage behind Park Avenue Pizza, and there were some kids trying to break into a window, so she yelled and left. And uh, then they were back a while later, on, on another day, and then I believe they were going out trying to go on the piers out here by, uh, uh, by the uh, beachside bait and tackle. So they, they did report them. I don't think, from what I, from what I know, uh, I don't think they caught, caught them necessarily yet. If any local residents are listening, make sure you're kind of on the alert because, you know, people are safe and one nice thing though i will thank the pewaukee police department they are driving through regularly now i'll wake up at night and hear vehicles in the parking lot and look out the window and the pewaukee police are doing drive-throughs which which is a good thing that's right because let's face it when 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 something goes wrong when you're in danger or somebody's trying to steal something or there's a problem who are the first who's the first people you're going to call the police well, <laughs> yeah, that's why for all these dummies out there, for yeah. all those dummies out there who are saying defund the police department, okay, let somebody break into your garage and, and steal your, your lawnmower. Who are you going to call, meathead? I mean, yeah, not, you're not going to call Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, you know, not that you want to wish ill will on any of anybody, but if if anybody was going to have something stolen, I really wish it would be one of these. Uh, idiot liberal politicians or whoever who are saying get rid of the police department let uh, that would be karma you know going around I, well don't even think about calling 911 because after all you don't like those guys hey talk about a an oxymoron maybe uh, maybe i'm using that word wrong but there's a small town in seattle in uh, near seattle in washington okay near seattle there's a small town 
and I think it's predominantly uh, black people that live there, and they wanted to get rid of the police. So they got rid of the police department there. Well, a black man was shot five times by another black man. Now, this black man who was shot five times, he's complaining because the police weren't there to help him. After they got rid of the police department. It's like, I just shake my head. You know, just shake my head. Don't understand it. Don't understand it at all. So we're going to be trying to call Lynn Denbeck now in about a minute and see if we can get her on the line. Did you try again? I did. Yeah. In the meantime, yeah, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about fishing out on Pewaukee here, Tom. Yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure we'll get a hold of her. Um, I was out uh, fishing this week, and right now there's a lot of... Uh, it, well, I, cast, I did do some casting on the east end with a client, and we did raise small little dinker, dink-sized muskies. Um, but then I went out in the west end for the first time this year, actually. I, I really haven't been getting out. Uh, I know uh, you likely mentioned uh, Dembeck. Jim Dembeck's been out, of course, and he's always catching fish. But you go on that west end, and uh, it's just full of bait suspended out in deep water. So uh, I was trolling this week, and uh, in one afternoon, we had two fish on and two fish off. Oh, Wax no. on, wax off. But uh, had a heck of a time out there. And here's an interesting thing, Tom. The, one of the guys that I was fishing with, uh, I won't even mention his name, but super nice guy. He knows somebody famous. He's met somebody that you would never, well, I should say infamous. Think about, Tom, who is the most infamous person in Wisconsin history? Uh, oh, uh, oh, that's alive now? No. Or Ed. Ed, how about Ed Gein? How about, correct. He actually worked at the Mendota. He actually, get this, he, he's telling me how he worked at the Mendota Mental Institute at one time. And I just casually said, huh, did you know Ed Gein? And he goes, yeah. He says, that's my claim. I was his personal assistant when I was there. He said he was a small, little, quiet, meek guy. And ah. I was thinking, he should have got his autograph. Can you imagine if you had a Eddie Gein's autograph? I mean... You could maybe sell it to Stephen King for a million. Of course, I guess would that be inappropriate? Uh, getting a mass murder, or would it be no. worth money? No, that's not inappropriate. That's fine. I don't know. I, I'm it surprised. It might be in bad taste. I, I don't know. What are you going to have him autograph a chainsaw or something? I don't know. Uh, a lampshade. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> uh, um, I'm surprised uh, uh, Sam didn't give me a little ring that I because I got that. Correct, you know. I mean, out of all the people, I could have said Liberace or something, you know. Well, but I picked you know, the right one. You, I, I didn't even get you, credit for it. I thought you were going to say Jeffrey Dahmer, <laughs> because rather infamous as well. But yeah, Eddie. Yeah, Gannon, that's you know, another one. You know, they, I don't. They said the movie Cycle was based on him. I. I, I don't. Maybe the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yeah. perhaps as well. But uh, I'm surprised if. As far as I know, they've never done a movie or a yeah, documentary there is one. about that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there is. There, there is? is. The Ed Gein story. Uh, oh, yeah, I've seen it. It's it's very yeah. good, too. Yeah, it's very good. I don't know if they call it the Ed Gein story or what, but maybe one of our listeners would know the name of it. But, yes, I have seen it, and it is good. Yeah. 
It's okay. good. Okay. What was it like on Discovery Channel or uh, some no, Netflix deal or I, what? I I I don't remember. It might have been on something like on Netflix or the Fire Stick or something. I, I you know or one of the cable stations. I really don't. I don't remember. I don't remember. You know my 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 buddy uh, from college, Tim Coleman. Uh, he grew up in that neighborhood, and he said yeah. as little kids, every time they heard the siren go off, yeah. for that someone had escaped, they'd all be terrified and run home because they thought Eddie Gein was on the loop. Yeah, well, you know, he wasn't such a bad guy. He just wanted to make furniture out of you. You know. Oh come on. <laughs> He's just making furniture. Let's not. Oh my God. Now we're going to get complaints. Oh, no, I don't think so. But maybe somebody, yeah. 799-1250, 799-1250, if you know the name of the Ed Gein story, the name of the movie, uh, that might even be it, you know, for all I know. That might be now, it. This segues perfectly into the uh, what report we, we should get in the second hour. Now, like the Mendota Mental Institute, that's out near Governor's Island, isn't it? Or Governor's Point or whatever? Yeah, I think somewhere it's... out there. Yeah. Okay. Because I was talking to a gentleman uh, last night who is going to call us, hopefully, in the second hour, and he's got a perch report from Lake Mendota. And you oh. won't believe it, Tom. You okay. won't believe the report. I'll, I'll believe it. I'll believe well, it. Well, I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to Unless he's talking about aliens catching all the perch. So. Well, did you ever see an alien when you were out fishing, Tom? Uh, I don't think so. Well, I Steve Milliot did. Steve Milliot got abducted. Who, yeah. I know. Steve Milliot got abducted. Yeah, I remember that. Him yeah. and his buddy got abducted. Yeah, I remember. Yep. Did he get probed? Yep. Did he get probed? Well, I don't know. I'd say it's kind of a difficult subject. You, Tom, you really don't ask another guy about that kind of stuff. You know, it's it's kind of like asking him about his vasectomy. Oh, yeah, God, you're just God. trying to, how about them bears? You yeah, know, them you bears try and change right. the subject. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to bring something up, that if people are looking for photography, our good friend Dave Olson at Studio 360 in Pewaukee He's open for business. He does, uh, you know, graduations and all that stuff. He does uh, family portraits, weddings. Uh, maybe you just want a, a photo of your mom and dad, you know, to commemorate their 50th wedding anniversary or something. You know what I mean? Um, he does all that. Anything photography, he does it. Uh, just Google Studio 360 Photography in Pewaukee, and you can get in touch with Dave, and I tell you, Dave will do a great job, he's been doing this his whole life, it's all he does, is photography, oh, and musky fishing, but mainly photography, he, uh, but, you know what yeah. he does, he does these beautiful collages, like, for like a, let's say you got a high school senior graduating, he'll do like these really cool kind of collages, where it's a collection, or a blending of pictures, from athletics, to, you know, to all these different things, and things that the kid has done, I shouldn't say kid, but the person has done in their life, and he comes up with these great, I mean, he just does unbelievable work, so anybody out there listening, looking to do something special, maybe especially for a high school senior or somebody who, uh, you know, kind of lost out on their graduation, they had to do some yeah, stupid yeah. virtual graduation, this would be the perfect thing you can do to show thanks to them. Yeah, yeah, Studio 360 Photography in Pewaukee. Definitely a place to go for that. Um, let's see, you know, there was something else I was going to bring up that, uh, oh, shoot, 
you mentioned it. And uh, what did you not mention? Eddie Gein. No. Lamb Ch- No, not Lamb I'm going to start a company called the, the, the Gein Lampshade Company. <laughs> New from the Gein Collection. <laughs> oh, goodness. What was he thinking anyway, you know? Tom, I don't what know. What the heck what was he thinking? You, you, you don't he, ask. You know, Dude, you don't ask. They're thinking. Well, they got to be thinking something. It's like, boy, today I'm going to go out and get some of these bodies and uh, make lampshades and lamps out of them. I, mean, I don't know. I, all I got to say is like that? something went wrong during toilet training or something early on in their something. life. Something tra- something went tragically awry. Something yeah. went amiss. Wrong there. Yeah. Definitely. So. Hey, uh, let's see. On I, a serious note. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Serious note, the July 1st deadline to join your county's Deer Advisory Council is coming up fast. So if you'd like to get on your council, you can submit an application. And it says applicants must have experience or involvement with at least one of these things. Agriculture, forestry, tourism, transportation, hunting, Wisconsin Deer Management Assistance, or local government. All right, we got Lynn on the line right now, so let's take her for a few minutes before we go to our Hornschwaggle break, all right? Okay. All right, good morning, hey, good morning Lynn. Lynn. Hey, good morning, Tom. Hi, Dan. How are you guys doing? We're doing, doing fine. So anyway, got some questions for you. Uh, for our listeners who don't know Lynn, she's probably one of the most accomplished female muskie anglers. No, let's not just say female. Let's just say any uh, male or female muskie. Country. And she's caught more huge muskies and uh, a great angler, as, as, as is her husband Jim. But as a muskie pro, uh, obviously you do a lot of casting, and we muskie guys always are looking for follows and so forth, so we always stress wearing polarized sunglasses. So from a muskie fisherman's pr- perspective, what brand and shades do you like as far as you know fishing for muskies and polarized glasses? Well, I would have to say the top-of-the-line ones that I enjoy are Maui Gyms. They have great technology and the lens quality as well as they have a nice mirror coating on the front surface and a non-glare coating on the back surface so any glare you get even from behind doesn't reflect back into your eyes. So I think they're the best ones out there, and I wear them, Jim wears them. And I know some of our other um, musky anglers certainly wear them as well as from our, our musky ink club wear them too, so... So, now, are those a plastic lens, Lynn? You know, they have both polycarbonate, which is kind of an impact-resistant uh, material, which is great if you got a hook flying at you or something, but they also do make glass, um, which is probably the clearest a lens, um, but it does have little drawbacks that way for safety. So um, the polycarbonate lenses would be the best for musky fishing, for sure. And, and I'm assuming that those are probably preferred by lighter? Um, yes, they are quite a bit lighter than glass um, as well, but, and they make quite a few different styles too. So the wraparound is usually great for on the water, so you're not getting a lot of light um, from the intense light from the reflections from the lake and whatnot. So that would be the best one I'd recommend. How about as far as, as, far as lens, color, shade, etc.? You know, the two most popular ones are either the brown polarized or the gray um, I like the gray polarized on a bright sunny day, but when it's overcast, the brown really kind of shines through. And you can actually use the brown in any light condition, but if you're real light sensitive, the gray one would probably be.
be the best for you. Now, how about, you know, you work at an optical place as well. Um, from, 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 from an optics place standpoint, do they stress wearing polarized glasses for eye protection? Definitely. Um, not only does it help black glare from the water, but snow, car surfaces. Um, and if you're a golfer, too, um, it's real important to protect your eyes in any light conditions as well as driving. So protecting it from the UVA, the UVB light, and you're filtering out that blue light, too, which is kind of damaging to the eyes. So now you said the Maui gyms, which, okay, now I just bought a pair of uh a pair of nines now i gotta go out and get a pair of maui gyms so so i have all of them uh, are there any other uh brands that you guys promote there or, or suggest other than maui gyms well we carry ray-ban and they're also um an excellent quality um there's another brand called carrera they make a lot of polarized lenses as well that, that we carry um also costa del mar is another one that's also excellent being in a polarized feature for you too. So those are some of the other brands that we would recommend and also carry. Okay, good. Well, I got one of those then. Good. So uh, yeah, yeah. So well, anyway, uh, as as far as uh, for all our people out there listening, all the musky fishermen, can you brag a little bit and tell us what your biggest one's been? Um, my biggest one is 52. Um, that was caught on Lake of the Woods, um, and my husband and I enjoy going up there um, twice a year. Obviously, this year, with the border being closed, we're going to miss our July trip, so um, we're hoping that opens soon and we can get back there again. So, Are you thinking that they'll, you'll be able to do the fall trip? Have, they, have you heard you know, any word? The last I heard is that they're going to be reevaluating the end of July again, so we're hoping for October. That would be the best thing that could happen, so... Well, hopefully you guys get up there and you and Jim get some big monsters again. So anyway, we'll let you get back to work, Lynn. It's good talking to you. And yeah, you uh, always feel free to call with a fishing report. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for being on, Lynn. Hey, you bet. Have a good day, you guys. Okay. Bye now. All that right. Was, well, that, that was, was great. Lynn Dembeck. Yeah. And when I, when I say one of the muskies, and I'm not kidding you. She has caught a lot, a lot of big, big muskies. If there's a Women's Muskie Hall of Fame, she should be in it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, coming up next is the Hornschwaggle, which is brought to you by Carl's Country Market and Baitmate Fish Attractants and Coleman Insect Repellents. You can win some really nice prizes, so stay tuned. Be the first caller at 799-1250. That's 414-799-1250. Play the Hornschwaggle win prizes. You can't get much better, better than that right here on the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors presented by Baitmate Fish Attractants, Coleman Insect Repellents. Thanks for listening this morning. And who do we have to play the hornswoggle there, Sam? Our contestant for today is Jim in Greenfield. Okay, All right. Good morning, Jim. Jim. Good morning, man. Okay, Jim, here we go. I'll make the statements and uh, you know what to do. Okay. Uh, if I'm pulling your leg, it's a hornswoggle. If I'm saying the truth, it's no hornswoggle. Uh, number one, the Johnson Silver Minnow was invented in 1929 by Mr. Lewis Hickenlooper. That's a hornswoggle. That's a hornswoggle. 
I just love that name. I just love that name, Hickenlooper. You know, my dad used to call everybody Hickenlooper. Like if there was some some dorky mechanic at the gas station that worked on his car, he'd refer to him as Hickenlooper and not to his face, but he was all saying Hickenlooper over there. Okay, never want to be a Hickenlooper. So uh, here we go. Fluorocarbon line, fluorocarbon fishing line, has more abrasion resistance, but monofilament line is more invisible than the fluorocarbon. That's a non, uh, no hornswoggle. Nope, that's a hornswoggle. Fluorocarbon has more abrasion resistance, both more invisible than the monofilament. Okay, so you're one out of two. Uh, and as Meatloaf once said, if you're two out of three, that ain't going to be bad. Okay, Dacron line. Dacron line works pretty darn good for tip-up fishing. Hornswoggle or no hornswoggle? Uh, it'd be a no hornswoggle. All righty. What was that response? I missed he it. He said no hornswoggle. No hornswoggle. Give us a yes. ring. All right, you're two out of three. You are another lucky winner on the Hornswoggle contestant. You can expect a certificate from Carl Punchy Meats. Uh, the good news is it's $10. The bad news is once you're in there, you're going to want to buy $100 worth of stuff. But the good news is it'll only cost you $90 with the certificate. And our good friends at Baitmate Fish Attractants will be sending you a prize package as well. So we'll put you on, uh, or Sam will take care of getting your information. Thank you. All right. All right. Thanks take for playing. Care. Thanks for listening. All right, we got about three minutes here. Uh, oh, you know what? When we come back from the break, Danny, I'll tell you about my fishing experience uh, over the last weekend. It was oh, okay. actually all right. It was pretty good. It was all right, you know. This is this isn't going to be another Lake X report. No, 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 no. But okay. uh, one one thing was problematic. My my son's bow mount electric motor finally gave up the ghost. And uh, as a matter of fact, we dropped it off by Anchors Away, over by John at Anchors Away in Waukesha. Dropped it off on uh, Thursday so that uh, they can put the new electric motor on it and do some wiring because, you know, all the gauges on the dash, none of them work. So he's got to do some wiring, put in that new electric motor, and uh, we'll, we'll be off to the races then. But, so let, man, let, let let me ask you, Tom, when you say it gave up the ghost, did it just quit work? Yeah, it, he's been having problems with it where sometimes it would work, sometimes it wouldn't. Finally, it just died. It, it doesn't work anymore at all. The reason I asked, Tom, is I, my electric trolling motor is 15 years old, and I got brand new batteries, but for some reason, I'm not... It's just not powering up and going near as powerful as it used to be. So I went online and tried to search whether uh, you could, those, they can wear out. And apparently there's some brushes and possibly something else internally that can go, which need to be cleaned or replaced, something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was a young guy, I replaced those brushes in my power trim and tilt unit. It's not an easy job. And I think I replaced them. Uh, I'm, I did something to the electric motor years ago. But, you know, back then, you know, you did all that stuff yourself, you know. And uh, nowadays, you just take it to the guy, you know. The guy will handle Everybody it. Everybody needs, well, you take it to Hickenlooper. 
Yeah, Hickenlooper. Everybody needs a Hickenlooper. <laughs> Drop it. it off at Hickenloopers. He'll take yeah. care of it. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah, hey, they'll take he'll take care of those brushes for you. Just no no problem there, eh? Right. Well, you know what? It's time for it's time for the top of the hour break, and uh, we got another hour to do, Danny. So uh, we got more stuff. I'll tell you about the fishing report. I'll tell you about uh, anchor something about anchors away, and. Uh, there was something else. Oh, and a place where we had lunch at after we went fishing. I got to tell you about that place. So there's a bunch coming up, folks, after 7 o'clock break. So stay tuned for more of the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors with Dan Bush and me, Tom Neubauer, with, of course, Sam on the boards. And Sam Schmitz, uh, you're doing a great job today as usual. Thank you. And Thank we'll you. be right back with more. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi, and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. <laughs> You're on the crazy train. Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Well, it's a great day in the morning, folks. Glad you're with us. Call your friends. Tell them to turn on the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Take a ride on the crazy train. I mean, we're in southeastern Wisconsin, but we talk about all things Wisconsin. If they pop up, we talk about them. Anyway, uh, he's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Neubauer. Sam Schmitz is on the boards, and we come to you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. We're live. We're unrehearsed, and sometimes we're full of crapola, but <laughs> sometimes we hit it on the mark. You know, yay, we get a little wood on the bat. But anyway, you can always be part of the show by giving us a call at 799-1250. That's 414-799-1250. So, Danny. Yay, we get a little wood on the bat. Yeah, got to get a little wood on the bat once in a while. Well, you know, you got so, a lot of old expressions, let me tell you. <laughs> That's because I'm old. <laughs> Last so, guy I heard talk like that was a guy named Hickenlooper. There you go. Yep. So anyway, so my son Chris and I, he, him and I, we go out on Father's Day fishing. And we went out to Pike Lake. Now, normally on Pike Lake, we catch a lot of pike. We really do. And I was expecting to take a legal one home to put on the grill. But no such luck. I only caught one pike, and it wasn't legal. But we did catch a lot of largemouth. And of all the largemouth we caught, which was... We caught more than a dozen largemouth. Only two were undersized. That might have been like 13 inches. Otherwise, they were all running like 15 to 18 inches, and they were all fat. They were feeding good, that's for sure, without a doubt. And uh, But what makes fishing hard a lot of times is, I'll tell you, that bow mount electric motor is one of the great inventions for fishing. Because, you know, we couldn't stay in a spot long. We were dependent upon the drift of the wind. You know, and if the wind isn't drifting right, you get blown off the spot. You got to start up the outboard, move out, back and forth. I mean, we kept doing that. And a number of times we anchored in an area. So it makes life tough. But I went over to Anchors Away with them. I had to show them where Anchors Away was. And uh, 
even though he had his uh, GPS on, I, I was arguing with him about, we were arguing in the car about how to get to Anchors Away. My way, I thought, was a lot quicker and shorter. He followed the GPS coordinates. It took us way out of the way. But anyway, we got there. And you know uh, you know who Andy is, don't you, Dan? Andy Their, uh, their son, the Andy. Oh, no, their, their son, son, Andy, no. Yeah, over at Anchors Away. What a, he's a nice young man. Uh, he couldn't wait to see him. He was telling Chris when Chris uh, saw them uh, earlier in the week or talked to him on the phone. He said, you make sure you bring your dad with you. I haven't seen him in quite a few years, you know. So uh, anyway, so we it was nice to be able to catch up. But yeah, Chris left his boat there. And, uh, you know, when it comes to stuff, especially when it comes to electric motors, I mean, I'll tell you, John at Anchors Away really knows his stuff. He really does. But they got all kinds of stuff for your boats, you know, whether they clean it or whatever. I mean, they've got everything there that you need for boats. And I guess they're doing really, their May and June has been really ex- excellent because I guess more and more people are going out boating. And uh, so anyway, so next week we'll be able to pick up Chris's boat and we'll have an electric motor. And I'll tell you what, Dan, if if we would have had that bow mount electric motor working, we would have caught twice as many bass because we kept getting blown off the areas. Oh, and I did catch a walleye by accident. So, so Pike Lake, that's one with the, um, there's a kind of a park on one side, correct? And it's yeah, they near, got a DNR. Uh, near Hartford? State Park, yeah, right. It's out in okay. Hartford. Yeah. I got, it got a story about that walleye fishing many years ago. It must have been about 1996, I think. Um, I had moved to Cedarburg, and my brother Tim up in Oshkosh talked to me on the phone, and he said, you know, when I lived in West Bend, some of the best stringers of walleyes I saw came out of Pike Lake. Here's, here's what you got to do. He says, you wait till the hottest part of the summer. Then you get there first thing in the morning at crack of dawn. You go out into about 15 feet of water over the deep weeds, put on a couple split shot in a crawler harness and chuck a cast out and troll with your electric trolling motor. So he said, you got to go do said, uh, but I know you, Dan. He says, you're going to be out till 2 in the morning on a, on, on a Friday or Saturday night. You won't be out there at 5 in the morning. And I said, no, no, Tim, I'm going to get out there early. So I and Ron Johnson at the time, that's one of the first times I fished with Ron, and uh, Scott Olson, my deer hunting buddy, the three of us got out there at 8.30. And, and we were lucky to make it by 8.30. So we motor on out. I look at, I got this little aluminum boat with the cheap little trolling motor on the back look at the clamp on rod uh, depth finder and i say well it's about 15 feet here i think there's some weeds down there this must be the place i launch a long cast with the crop go about 10 yards rod bends and i catch a five pound small uh five pound walleye now you've never seen two guys try tie on crawler harnesses faster in your life than Scott Olson and Ron Johnson, because they were both kind of bleary-eyed. But, you know, we did catch a bunch of walleyes, but they were all undersized after that initial five I always look back, and Tim was right. Had we been out there early in the morning, we probably would have slammed them. But I don't know if it's, I don't know if, I've never went back and done it again. I don't know if that's still possible out there. Well, Pike Lake was always known for an excellent, excellent walleye fishery. As a matter of fact, the DNR used to uh, fight net walleyes out of there to get the eggs from them 
because they thought that the genetic strain from those fish was excellent and uh, and then they would take that to their hatcheries but the thing is is that over the years i mean there's still walleyes in the lake and it's not a real big lake maybe i think it's like around 350 60 70 acres something like that uh there's a there's a walleye club that meets i think it's every wednesday that they're out there fishing and a lot of guys trolling but it's not the walleye lake that it used to be it it over the years it's got hammered pretty darn hard but it has turned into an awesome largemouth bass and northern pike fishery they also have really good crappies and bluegills if you can find them so you know it, it is a good lake to fish, though. It really is, yeah. There was a little... When I went there, Tom, we had to kind of drive around, I believe, to the... I want to say it was the northwest side of the lake. It was opposite from where that state park is. And yeah, there was exactly a crappy... Right. There was a little white building, and I think I think that's where we paid, or maybe it might have even been a bait shop, and, and there was a crappy little boat launch there. Uh, it was just a small launch, and that's where I launched. And when I went inside that little building... There was a article on the wall, newspaper article, about some thirty-some pound pike caught. The name right. had a picture of it. Right, right. right. And uh, you know, years later, uh, when I was teaching, I actually bumped into a kid who claimed, told me that that was his uncle who caught the fish. Now, when I looked at the picture, Tom, it looked like maybe it's a twenty-pound pike. It did okay. not look like a thirty-pound pike to me. <laughs> You know how these oh, things, yeah. it was a big oh, fish, yeah. but you know how these things get exaggerated? Oh, yeah. I see that every Sunday morning. I, I mean, I often I often wonder that there are, it's the late state record of 39 pounds out of Puckaway. I, I, man, I hate to be dubious. I know there's a ton of pike in there. It's largely shallow. Now, big pike need to have cool water in order to survive. I don't know if there's any kind of cold I, river inlet coming I, in the puck away or some yeah. springs or what, because otherwise I don't think, I don't think I, it would be possible. They, Danny, I got to disagree. I, I don't think big pike need cool water to survive. They need cooler water to grow big because to survive, you know, their body temperature is whatever, but they do well, need that's food what I mean. to dissolve in, oxygen. In order, yeah. in order to grow big, in order for right. them to, kind of saying the same thing in different words. Okay. I'll yeah, buy that. So what I'm saying is, I don't think that that lake would have the capability uh, of producing a 30-pound pike. I'm sorry. Well, everybody says it did. So what do I, what do I know? That was back in when, 1940-something or 50-something? Yeah, I know it was a long that's... time ago. I can't remember when. Yeah, it was I a don't... long time ago. I don't know what the uh, how stiff they were on <laughs> the... Uh, uh, witnessing and all that kind of stuff you know where there should be a, a state record pike coming from should be up in lake michigan bay of green bay oh yeah and there probably is one up there but you know it probably is but it'll just die of old age somewhere well maybe buddy randy reading will go up there and try and catch one through the ice sometime uh, also, I got to thank uh, Randy sent me some uh, Ned rigs. So I got some of the Ned rigs. I'll show them to you later, Tom, during break. Uh, so the, the Ned rigs are pretty darn good for the bass fishing. And uh, if you all oh, outside, look at like, look at the there's a there's a shirt there. Cool. Uh, as there's well. a what out there? 
a shirt next to you. you oh, yeah, yeah, I see it. Yeah. yeah. Take a look. It's a really, really cool special design. Randy ordered that shirt for me. It's got a northern pike with an American flag. Yeah, a camo American flag to boot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's so pretty that's... cool looking. Yeah, I was looking at it earlier. Yeah. Lucky, uh, my new lucky fishing uh, shirt, and I want to thank our good friends at Baitmate. They sent me my new Baitmate hat. There you go. So I'll be looking good. How come you always get one and I never get one? Uh, you know, you just got to ask, Tom. Oh, I didn't want to just jump in there and ask him for stuff. These hats anyway, you wear no, old I only, old hats I wear, that I wear the, like, you know, like uh, Hickenlooper wore at the gas station or yep, Uber. I wear, you know, the, old, I wear the cutting old. edge. I wear the cutting edge outdoors hat. Yeah, you wear the ratty old cutting edge outdoors yep. hat. And I'll wear it until it ago. falls off my head. Yep. Well, it might. Either that or it'll start wearing holes in it. Yeah. All right. Hey, listen, we got to go to a break. It is, uh, what what time do we have? It's 7.14 in the a.m. We're, we're rolling here on the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. You can catch us on two stations. Uh, one, we're on 105.7 FM, The Fan. And 12.50 a.m., that's Sports Radio, 12.50 a.m. So either a.m. or f.m., we're here with you today. We're glad you're with us. We'll be right back with more. Uh, and we're brought to you by Baitmate Fish Attractants. Okay. Welcome back, my friends, to Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors from the Bait Mate Fish Attractant Studios, so to speak. And uh, on the line right now, uh, I believe we have a fishing report. Um, Les, are you there? I'm here. Good morning. Hey, to thank. You. Uh, yeah, yeah, thanks for morning, calling Les. in. It, yeah. Good morning. Uh, this is Tom Newbauer along with me here, Les. And uh, okay. I was talking with Les uh, last night at our uh, Park Avenue Pizza. And uh, Les has a good, good fishing information to share. And you know, Tom, he's not like you, like where you like to keep all your secrets and stuff. Uh, Les is a generous, kind man who likes to see people catch fish, and he was more than happy to share. So uh, I'll shut up and let you tell, tell, what, tell us what you've been doing. Well, uh, I had uh, been fishing on uh, uh, Lake Mendota, which is in Madison, and um, the fishing for the last two weeks has really been spectacular. Uh, I've only been out uh, uh, three times, but in the, those two weeks, uh, I've picked up my limit of uh, perch uh, on Mendota. So this was a, a, a great uh, start. I don't know how long this will last, but uh, it's there now. I was fishing on the West Shore, so uh, for, a, for the point... Uh, that you want to know, I was out in about uh, 12 feet of water, just off the uh, weeds, and uh, using, uh, well, there's, there's a few things you can use. You can use the wax worms, or you can use red worms, a small, you know, a small piece, put those on the line, put that on your line, on your, on your, your, your uh, perch hook, and uh, it could be silver, or it can be gold, it doesn't really make any difference, and uh, um, just sit there, uh, I saw the best Part of the fishing, it seemed to be earlier in the morning, like I guess every fishing is anywhere from, say, 7 o'clock to, uh, say, 10 or 11. After that, she kind of dies out. But uh, it was fun fishing. It uh, it hasn't been a, a great uh, uh, 
uh, past the few years, uh, but it just seems like right now they're there. The perch are there, and anywhere from eight to uh, ten and a half inch uh, perch. So you can't do wrong with that, and it's kind of fun. So that's uh, some some of the, the highlights of it. Uh, it uh, you just use your small fishing, you know, the lighter ultralight r- rods and uh, maybe eight pound uh, test, uh, and uh, you could probably use a six pound leader. Uh, and um, get out there and uh, do some fishing. It's, it certainly is good now. Like I say, I, I did notice it's starting to slow down a little bit now this past week, but uh, I, I would think they're still there. So that's, uh, And I think the reason that probably happened was is because there wasn't a lot of fishing this winter. The ice was bad on Mendota, so I'm not sure a lot of people got out. So maybe that helped uh, uh, the, the population back into the, the, the summer now. So... Anyhow, Les, that's what's oh, happening. Les, this is Tom. Got a question yeah, for you. Were you using a slip bobber or straight lining it? No, no, we're just straight lining it uh, straight down. Yeah, with a, okay. with a small sinker, and uh, that seems to be uh, to work out the best. I, and it didn't make any difference whether it was cloudy or sunny. Right now, it just seems to be uh, just a good time to do your fishing. So uh, I, I, I don't know what happens in the afternoon or in the evening. I'm just not never there. I'm. I'm, I'm an early morning fisherman, and not real early, but like I say, 7, 7.30 is fine. You should be able to do something, and uh, that's uh, what's uh, occurring. Like I say, an ultralight is, is the most fun because uh, then you can have a little bit. And the strangest thing about uh, the last uh, time out, there wasn't any white fish or there weren't any sheep's head or there weren't any uh, uh, bass uh, uh, fooling around with uh uh, the line, which was really nice, so it was it was a lot of fun, and uh, I cleaned my limit of fish and had a had a good time and had them the same night. You know, it must Les, have been a uh, terrific fish fry. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, I mean, Les yeah. was telling me he had three three guys in the boat. They each got their twenty five. That's some pretty fantastic perch fishing. Right, I haven't seen that in years. So I, right. I, I recall back uh, four or five years ago, it was great, but. Things had changed when when uh, the folks uh, up in Madison decided to put some muskies and some walleyes and some uh, northerns and some of that, and that kind of attracted uh, their feeding, you know, on perch and that. But uh, so far, it's been pretty good. So I'll be out there again on Tuesday to see uh, what's a, what's going to be occurring. Hopefully, anyhow. Uh, uh, I do not have a. I can't. I don't have a, a boat. I I fish with a couple of other guys who have the boat. So that's pretty much uh, what's happening. Uh, I I would think you could probably go anywhere on the lake right now, uh, and uh, I, I think I think they're there right now. So uh, you just kind of have to search for them. It, it right. it's tough when you have to go into the weeds because then you then it's really trouble. So. Right. Anyhow, that's uh, that. That's the hard part. When you, I haven't had to do that yet. All right. Well, it sounds fantastic, Les. I appreciate you sharing that with us. You're yeah, it, it's a great, great report, and uh, good to hear about some perch on uh, Mendota again. And um, always feel free to give us a call uh, if you. Do you just you... fish panfish, or do you ever tackle anything else out there? No, no, no. But there, obviously, the lake has walleyes, but they have a. Uh, you know, an 18-inch uh, uh, minimum on that. So, 
every once in a while you probably catch a walleye which is small and uh, then you have to put those back but not too many maybe one or two i've seen on my line let, let me ask you less about the have, do you ever fish the white bass at all no i do not no i they're there and usually um well last year there was some white bass but i don't fish the white bass uh, but uh, certainly the lake does have them so gotcha. but, uh, the, not a lot not not a lot and the, and, the, and the other thing is... The reason I mention is uh, yeah. when I went there with some kids years ago, we tried trolling crawler harnesses hoping to catch walleyes. <laughs> we got a ton of big white bass doing that. <laughs> oh, well, I'm, I'm sure if you get out into the deep uh, with your crawler harnesses, I'm sure you probably could find some walleyes because uh, there are walleye fishermen out there. And, of course, there's bass fishermen out there, too. So it's uh, it's hopefully this is... Uh, uh, hopefully it's a change for for this lake because it's been pretty uh dead i shouldn't say dead but uh it doesn't didn't have a lot of attraction for fishermen because there wasn't a lot of fish so consequently that's a, the other thing is is if you can get a, a hold of some long greens and maybe cut those in a half or whatever and put those on your hook you might have some luck too especially to track track them in so you may want to do that as a start. So, uh, and then you have to find the fishing hole, and then find where the the, the, the schools are. So, if, obviously, if you have a uh, if you have a, a locator, then that helps you too. But they move, the fish move. So, consequently, I think you can. And the other thing you always want to do, and that this is something I'm sure most fishermen would do, is you find out where the boats are, and then uh, you know you you can you can work that area too. So. I think those pretty well tells you where you can find the fish and how to fish, and uh, um, I think you'll be fortunate uh, to uh, find some fish. I, I'm not sure, like I say, how long this will last, but uh, we'll uh, we'll see what occurs. That's so, pretty so, much the report. All right, then. So right. the other thing, Thanks, Les, will be, yeah. we'll, we appreciate it, and we'll be expecting an invite to the fish fry. Yeah. Okay, thanks, Les. Yeah, Take care. It's real good to talk with you, and you guys have a good day. Take care now. Thank All you. Right. I know. Uh, that was less. That, that's some good information. I just want to let people know that for if you know if Dave Olson from Studio 360 Photography was out in the boat, he'd be taking pictures with less and all those perch. But if you're looking for any kind of photography work, Studio 360 Photography in Pewaukee, Danny and I can both recommend that place. Anyway, it's about. I think it's about time for another break, Dan. How about I, that? I don't know. It's time 727. Is... 7.27 in the oh, AM. Yeah. Traffic is light and variable yeah. on the Edens. Um, just one more yeah. thing. It's uh, Discount Liquor's 60th year in business. No other liquor store has been local and original family owned for that many years. There's a reason why they've been in business that long. Price, selection, and service. Go to discountliquorinc.com for more for weekly st- uh, specials and for more information. Okay, so I just wanted to get that out there. Oh, Some balloons and stuff over the store, yeah. or, you know, kind of like. I uh, wanted to. I wanted to tell you, Dan. Uh, after my son and I were fishing on Pike Lake, we decided uh, my son wanted to take me out for a burger. So there's this place that, for years, I've been driving right by it, never saw it. All right, never saw it because it's behind another building. It's right off of Highway 60, and it's called Big Guys Pike Lake. And it's uh, it's a bar, pub, whatever. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you, the burgers were good. The fries were good. The cold beer was cold, uh, <laughs> which which is always good. And uh, it, it was really good place. It was 
It was called Big Guys Pike Lake, and they got a, a veranda or a, you know, outdoor seating venue where the, all the trees are cut so that you can see into, you know, at Pike, you can watch Pike Lake, watch the boaters and whatever. So, yeah, real nice place. Nice people, nice place, good food. So I can always recommend that. But like I said, it's hard to find. It's hard to find. You wouldn't even know if it was there unless somebody actually took you there. Would you have to use the GPS, or would your directions get you if, there quicker? If you if you knew if you knew the address, you could use the GPS. Yeah. Okay. But even with the GPS, uh, because like I said, there's a building in front of it, and it's kind of like on a road behind this building, and it's off of Highway 60. You can actually see it from one part of 60, but only if you're looking for it. And if you're driving, you shouldn't be looking for it. You should be driving, you know, watching where you're going. So, yeah, but it's called Big Guys Pike Lake. So, anyway, it was good. It was a good place, yeah, good place. So, with that, Aunt Danny, I think it's time to go to a break. It's uh, getting long in the tooth here. Here's another one for you, long in the tooth. Uh, here on the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Uh, we are on 105.7 FM, the fan, dot, uh, not dot com, but just 105.7 FM, the fan. And uh, we are brought to you by Baitmate Fish Attractant. So stay tuned for more, folks. He's Dan, I'm Tom, and Sam is on the boards. the skipper buds cutting edge outdoors 799-1250 uh, phone number if you want to give us a call with another great fishing report like lessons yeah that was nice and uh you know i i was gonna tell Les less what he's probably listening that you know lakes lakes are sick cyclical as far as uh the the numbers of certain species of fish and the size of them and you know Mendota is no different with the perch. I mean, some years it's a lot of fish, a lot of nice size ones, you know, and then some years it's down, you know, where there's not as many and what you have are small. So this must be on the top side of that cycle, you know. But I do think he has something with that that ice fishing thing because I remember years ago they were getting the crap beat out of them out there. The ice fishermen oh, yeah. were just, everybody and his brother were out there, and that has to have an effect. Oh, it does, without a doubt. As a matter of fact, I I think I told you the story. I, I knew a guy years ago, and uh, he would go out to men. He, he was very good, by the way, at catching perch, and he would take two friends out with him, two people, different people maybe, different times, I don't know. But anyway, he would, there would be three of them. And he'd go out to Mendota three or four times a week, and they'd catch their limits. And after, it was after a couple of years, you know, the, the size of the fish and the numbers started going down. And as it was going down, he was saying, boy, he says, the DNR's got to do something about this lake. He says, there's not, 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 not many perch in it, and they're all little ones. Something's got to be done. The DNR's doing something wrong. And I said, you don't think you have anything to do with you and another thousand people keeping your limits two, three, four times a week? You know, I mean, there's only so many fish out there. And when you think about all those people keeping all those fish, yeah, the, the size and the numbers are going to go down, you know. But I'll tell you what, if 
I, I would never mention who this is because if somebody ever dropped a dime on the DNR about him, he was way over his uh, possession limit in his freezers, way over. So anyway, but that's okay. He's not doing that anymore, so he what? has no more perch in his freezers. Did he die, Tom? Not yet. Oh, okay. Not yet. He's just not... He's just, just not, not fishing uh, out there. Yeah, gotcha. not doing that kind of fishing anymore. But, but yeah, you know, people can do great damage to bodies of water. Even though Mendota is a large body of water, you go. Have you ever been out there, Danny? When you see a thousand boats, I mean, I've been out there at times in the summer where, in one spot, there could be a hundred boats. You know, all packed together. I mean, literally, very close to each other. And then, and there'll be like three or four or five of those spots where there'll be like a hundred boats packed and they're, and they're just pulling a perch after perch after perch. Eventually, there's not going to be that many big perch in there because they've been kept, you know? So, right. So that's where I'm glad they dropped the limit down to 25, you know, because it used to be 50. Yeah. Now it's 25. And, and, and I don't, I, I, yeah. I think that's more reasonable. Yeah, and I don't even mind, I wouldn't even mind it personally if they dropped it to 15. I wouldn't have a problem with that at all. As a matter of fact, I think crappies should be at a 15 fish limit. I think 25 on crappies is still too many. Yeah. Um, you know, just think, if you had 25, let's say 10, 11, 12-inch crappies, that's a lot of meat there. That's a lot, you know? And that's why I think 15 is, man, I think that's more than enough. But then again, that's just my opinion. Other people might have a different opinion on that. And some of the lakes around here, you know, they are trying that where you can have uh, 25 panfish, but only 10 of each species, you know, or 10 of one species. So we'll see how that pans out, you know. So we'll see. You know, things are changing. You know, things are changing. Hey, uh quick announcement here good news uh dnr hunter safety classes are going to resume july 13th um they had all everything had been canceled basically uh in-person hunter and recreational vehicle classes will resume july okay good so i don't oh, know we're when back I, on I, yeah i don't know when yeah. technical difficulties here in the studio uh i don't know yeah. when uh when i studio I cut out but uh like i said uh, july 13th so you could uh, google dnr and check into some of the recreational and uh, hunter safety classes and find out what and when and how to do it you know danny we pay for the use of a studio but yet we don't get the use of a studio i think they should give us a discount what do you think uh, speaking of discount um <laughs> i want to thank our my good friends out at zbart uh as you guys know i bought a a new truck last year and one thing i would recommend uh is what you spend you know forty fifty thousand dollars for a new vehicle and and you want it to last uh they've got you know they still don't have their classic rust protection and even though new vehicles don't rust like in the 60s you know when your 68 impala you know had the fender falling off of it in five years um there can still be areas of rust so i would strongly suggest taking it out there uh, talk to Nate out there and uh, get that done. Another thing I had to do for me, which worked great, I had what's done is the uh, Z-Gloss uh, treatment, which is like a special coating guaranteed for seven years. I don't have to wax the vehicle, and it just makes the vehicle look great. So 
Uh, and for, so for all your uh, needs out there, go out to Zbart. They'll uh, they'll do a good job and get your vehicle looking well. All right. And while you're at it, then you can go to that hamburger oh. place you were talking about, Tom. Hey, I gotta tell you this one, Danny. This is okay. this this is. Uh, I did not understand this, and I got a little upset. Okay, when I got my, my car back from the body shop, and I'm not going to mention any names, although I shop, probably should, but I get it back from the body shop, and about a day later, my wife and I were going out someplace, and she looked, and she said, what, 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 what's that on the lip of the, you know, on the hood where the lip is, you know, where you grab it to lift it up and down? Right on the lip, there were two spots that were about two inches long and about a sixteenth of an inch thick that weren't painted. And I said, well, how about that? They, they, they must have been, you know, taping the grill and it went up a little high, you know, and, uh, you know, they got some tape by on, on the on the hood. So I called the body shop and I said, I told him, you know, what, where there was no paint. And the guy says, well, if you want us to repaint it, just bring it in and we'll repaint the hood. I said, well, wouldn't it be easier, I said, if I just went out and bought a tube of that paint and he just reimbursed me for it? He said, no, we got to repaint the hood. I said, you're, you're trying to tell me that it's cheaper to repaint the whole hood than giving me $15 to get this little tube of paint to touch it up myself? The guy says, yeah. And then I, that's when I got frustrated because I didn't even ask him about, well, it's going to be at your shop for two days. Uh, do you give me a rental car or what? You know, I, and I just said, you've got to be kidding me. And I hung up. Can you believe that, that a, a body shop says that they would rather repaint a whole hood, keep your vehicle for two days, repaint the whole hood, because there's two little spots that all you got to do is just take that touch-up paint and go over it? I, 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 I don't know. I was flummoxed, you know. I, You're flummoxed. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, flummoxed, man. I hate it when I'm flummoxed. Yeah, you I know. know. I don't like being flummoxed. Yeah. <laughs> So, so I went tell out Hick and I got Looper a, at the I, tell Hick I went and out, Looper over at the body shop. Yeah, where he can <laughs> exactly. I I should mention their name, but I won't. You know. No, but, no, let's yeah, not. No, do I'm that, not Tom. going to. Already, but the yeah. thing is, I I ordered a tube of the paint and I got the paint and I touched it up and then I found two other spots on the lip, you know, above the lights, above the headlamps, you know. So I touched everything up and it's fine now. But, but still. They're trying to tell me that it would cost less to repaint a hood than to just take that little tube of touch up and touch it up. Anyway, so that was that. So we got another break to get to. We got one so one more segment coming up, Danny. For the week, then. Yeah, What's that for the week? That that's the gripe uh, gripe oh. of the week. What? Yeah. One more. Well, oh, my you, gripe of the week. <laughs> yeah, your gripe of the week about the DNR body shop. No, it wasn't a DNR body shop. <laughs> Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. The same guys who before Wally and Peas was ever even for sale. <laughs> yeah, all right. I ate crow on that one. Okay, I was wrong. But then again, I don't get out there all that much. So, matter of fact, though, I do want to go out. You know what? That that uh, The boat launch, though... That they have on Little Freeze Lake to get to a regular Freeze Lake, I'll tell you what, that is a perfect spot for kayakers and canoers. Perfect, perfect. So, anyway, all right, Danny, we got we got to go to a break. So okay. uh, we got one more break to go, folks. Stay tuned with us. We got uh, a few more interesting things we got to cover before we say uh, hallelujah or whatever. What, what do they say in Hawaii? 
Aloha. Before we aloha. say aloha. Adios. Yeah. Das ist alles für heute. Yeah. yeah. What does that mean again? Huh? What does that mean again? Das ist alles für heute. That's all for today. Oh, that's all for today. Well, not yet. You got to wait till the end to say that, right? Yeah, yeah. And then okay. my, my German pickup line is Jane Vienna Bluma. What? What? Say it again? I just told you, Tom, you're as pretty as a flower. <laughs> what? Say it again, though. Du bist so Shane wie eine Blume. Oh, okay. I think I'll forget You're as pretty that as a flower. <laughs> Very important pickup line, guys. Write that down. If you ever, you know, crash land in Germany and meet a lass. Yeah, there you go. Blonde hair and pigtails. A fraulein. Yeah, fraulein. Fraulein, yeah. All yeah. right, we got to go to a break, folks. Fraulein we'll be Helga. right back. Yeah, stay tuned. He's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Neubauer. Like Sam Schmitz nice is on the board. Yeah, stay tuned. We got another segment coming up. Don't run away. We'll be right back. For the last ride on the crazy train, thanks for jumping aboard with us this morning. I'm Dan Bush, along with Tom Neubauer. We want to thank uh, all of our listeners and uh, people who called in today, and uh, hopefully, uh, y'all can get out and do a little fishing. Uh, I gotta, I gotta do have a fishing report for you though. Another one. Uh, my son Nick was out on uh, Big Mosquito um, just a couple days ago, and he went out in the evening. You know. In his kayak, he caught the biggest northern pike he's ever caught. You're kidding. And it might have been uh, one of those, maybe it might have been a 40-incher. He said he couldn't measure it in the boat, in the kayak. There's no room to measure it. He said, but it might have been, you know, a 38-incher, a 40-incher. He said he's not sure. It, it was just long. But just like I had predicted years ago when they started that fiasco with that, instead of doing a slot size limit, this thing had a big head and a skinny body, you know. You now, cut here's off, a was, fish. Huh? Was he on Muskego? Is that what you said? On Big Muskego, yeah. Big Muskego. And that's where they got that 40-inch size limit on pike when when they should have had a, a slot size limit on pike, you know. He should have a slot size limit there because and all the other fish that uh, he's caught, all the other northerns he's caught out there, have been uh, slim bodies and larger heads. And, that, and that's going to happen every time you do something like that. And I'm surprised the DNR doesn't know that. I'm sure they, I mean, maybe they do, maybe they don't. I don't know. But they can always call me, you know, if they want info. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, they can talk to Tom, PhD. Yeah. yeah, they can always call me. Barstool so. University. That's right. Because he knows. Hey, uh, I want a uh, special thank you to... Uh, my friend Tom, one of our listeners, he sent me a real nice, uh, we gave me a card and some liquid refreshments I found in my uh, or by my truck or by oh, my boat, nice. I forget where. It says, yeah. congratulations on your retirement and thanks for the best 104 hours a year of CEO shows. So, oh, that's right, 104 hours. He's oh. Well, see, you know how he figured that out, Tom? He's got an abacus. Well, we got <laughs> here, and we do two hours, so I'll give you a little time to get your pen and paper out, being as you're getting old and more feeble-minded oh, there yeah. as the That's weeks right. go on, That's and right. you can figure out how he, how he did that. Yeah. Well, you know, Tom is one of our longtime listeners, and he always gives us gifts, and 
And I'm and if Tom is listening right now, he better not give me a bottle of whiskey again this Christmas because I kind of don't drink a lot of whiskey anymore. I don't do that. Now I'm I'm drinking more beer and I got a new favorite beer now, Coors Light. So Yeah, you know, I went through that Coors Light phase and and then I've I've come to the to the Miller Light and I don't know. But life's about change, Tom. So you got to make change. Yeah. Now wait a second. But, so you're not doing whiskey for health reasons. How no. about that burger? How about that burger you had this week that was supposed to be so good? Are are you supposed, that, that supposed a, to be eating those high fat yeah, burgers, Tom? That was a healthy burger. It was a healthy burger for me. No, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, the reason I'm not drinking as much of the Crown Royale or any you know bourbon whiskey that I do is because it just doesn't taste the same. You know, after the operation. Uh, coffee doesn't taste the same to me. I don't drink. I drink very little coffee. I don't drink as much uh, whiskey, except for maybe a few mixed drinks, you know. Uh, but and and I never drank a lot of beer. But I always liked like a Corona every now and then, or uh, Samuel Adams Cherry Wheat. I like that one. But then I started having a few of these uh, uh, Coors Light, and I said, "Oh, this is nice. I like these." So. That's what I got in the fridge now. <laughs> so I think when I get sometime this afternoon, I'll be having a few of them out in the backyard. Yeah, that's good, Tom. Nice that you're uh, enjoying yourself and uh, you can still just sit back and chill. Nice you're going oh. fishing with your sons yet. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'll be fishing with my kids as long as they're willing to take me. And I'm telling you, Danny, it was so funny. When we were driving out uh, anchors away, we were hollering at each other. Because I'm telling him to go one way, and he wants to go the way the GPS is telling him, and it was I was it was so funny. Even though we were hollering at each other, we were laughing. You know, it was so funny. It, you know that it does show a generational gap where people would would rather follow a GPS, yeah, as opposed to looking at a map and trusting themselves. Yeah, I mean they or want to go by the... a gadget, and they're not always yeah. right. No, they're not. And or not trusting the person that they're with, saying, "I've been there before. This is the way you go," and no, 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 I'm going to follow this GPS, which took us way out of. It took us five minutes longer by the GPS route. Gotcha. Because sometimes hey, uh, the GPS route isn't always the best. So. Hey, uh, before we go, I think we got about thirty seconds. Tom, I've been thinking a lot about about our idea about having the Gein Lampshade Company. I've been working on a couple slogans. So here we go, Gein Lampshades. People are dying to get one. Or, how about this one? Gein lampshades. We've got a lot of skin in the game. <laughs> that's all we got, folks. Okay, that's all I got. To all we listeners, thanks for listening. And God bless and stay free, everyone. You've been listening to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Go out, do something nice for someone today, my friends. We'll talk to you next week. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.